Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. You're listening to the Screen Verdict Podcast. Yes. Can I... Do I have your full confidence in this podcast? Am I confident that you will be able to properly review Homeland, seeing as you just finished watching it? Well, if... Like, five minutes ago? <laughs> it's just, I, I want to know you... I have your full confidence, because I, I, I want to step down from the podcast, if, if, you, if I don't. I have always had suspicions that you're a terrorist... But uh, I've never doubted your ability to review television shows. Because I would never do a stealth attack against you. (laughs) I'm making that very very clear. I want people to know we've got a harmonious podcast relationship. There's no bitter leadership battles or anything going on here. I do kind of fear that one day you just be like, that's it, you made me watch too many of these movies on my own. Yeah. (laughs) I'll strap this to my body. I'm going to blow your house up. You got my full support. You got my full support. (laughs) Oh, sorry to our non-Australian uh, listeners. Yeah, just just a political reference from some of the news going on in Australia at the moment. I thought you were talking about Homeland. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> None of that made any sense to me. Have you not been following the news, the whole Kevin Rudd, Julie Gillard thing? Like, I heard about it. I don't okay. care. Let's not talk it about it. It seemed less relevant uh, and appropriate than a Homeland <laughs> reference in a Homeland podcast. I like how we were talking about something you thought was a Homeland reference. I was meaning it as a uh, reference to Australian politics, and everyone listening would probably have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. Okay, we're doing a podcast on Homeland. Yep. The new water cooler show of the year. <laughs> Showtimes, critically acclaimed shows. Uh, yeah, this is really every year. There seems to be a show that the critics just love out of the gate and and just stick with. And this is this year's show. Yeah, Showtime needed something when people just wouldn't be able to put up with Dexter's narration anymore. So yeah, mm. got to get a hit show. Yeah. Challenge that rubbish madman that for some reason keeps winning all those <laughs> all those Emmys. <laughs> yes. Before we start, we should make it clear, like we do with our other drama series, TV show reviews. First half, we're going to have spoiler-free, so don't worry. And then second half, we're going to have spoilers, and we'll let you know when we're going to start talking about the spoilers, so you can um, tune out then. What is Homeland about, Jonathan? What's the story here? So the show is about a Marine who was, uh, who was in Iraq uh, during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Hmm. He was taken hostage and presumed to be dead. Mm. But, an American, uh, an American Marine, an American Marine, as opposed to a Spanish Marine. Well, do the Iraqis have Marines? The uh, people that the Americans are fighting against? I feel like America has probably copyrighted the phrase <laughs> okay. Marine. Okay. In an operation in the present day, in a raid, he is he is found. He is he is free from captivity. It turns out he wasn't he wasn't dead, and he has been. Uh, uh, freed eight years later. Happy days. <laughs> what could go wrong? It's a family fun romp. Yes, they find the Marine. So he gets brought back to America, and from uh, his point of view, it's about him trying to sort of adjust back into society after eight years of captivity. Mm. And we have another main character who works for the CIA. She works uh, probably for Homeland Security. She works for the CIA. Wouldn't you work for Homeland? The show's called Homeland. They only say CIA, like, a thousand times throughout <laughs> the series. Okay. Well, why do they call it, why don't they call it CIA? 
because it's not as good a name. Okay. And so she was doing some some work in Iraq at around the same time that he was kidnapped. He, he was he was captured, and uh, she has reason to believe that there's a potential terrorist attack. Mm. And so while everyone views this returned Marine as a hero, she has reasons to be a bit suspicious about this guy, and she starts some investigations. So it's a bit of a bit like The Wire, a bit like 24. It's got a mix of those mm. anti-terrorist surveillance watching type drama shows. Yes. Yeah, so you've got a bit of a cat and mouse game between these two uh, to some degree. Uh, he's obviously viewed as a bit of a war hero. Everyone likes him. She's a bit suspicious, so she's a bit of a rogue, a bit of a bit, bit separate from the rest of the bunch. Yeah, summarised in the tagline on the uh, television series poster, the nation sees a hero, she sees a threat. Yes. What did you see? Well, I suppose that's the intrigue of yeah. the show. That, but as a viewer of the show, the whole season, you're trying to figure out, is he a terrorist or isn't he? That's, mm. that's basically uh, what you watch the show for. Yes. Yeah, so this probably brings us to a discussion of these characters a little bit. So we've got her, Carrie, and we've already said she's a bit of a rogue, a bit of a bit of a independent sort of thinker, a bit on it, not on the same page as everyone else. She's pretty much said three things that mean exactly the same thing. <laughs> she's also a bit erratic, though. She's a loose cannon. Correct? It's now five things. <laughs> she's a maverick. Yeah. <laughs> she plays by her own rules. Yeah. <laughs> She's a free spirit. <laughs> she uh, marches to the beat of her own drum. Uh, so we've pretty comprehensively covered her now. <laughs> Do you want to add anything? Well, she's played by Claire Danes. Mm. You might be thinking, hang on, I know Claire Danes. She's a, she's a film star. What's she yeah. doing it, uh, on, the, on, the, on the television box? Yeah. Uh, probably because she hasn't done anything <laughs> yes. in the last 15 years. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you sort of have in your head her being a film star, but we just checked into that movie database, and it's not like there's a hugely impressive resume there. I think it's because they made us watch Romeo and Juliet in high school. Yeah. So I just have that lasting impression of her being... Oh, yeah, she's in a movie with Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio. Yeah. Well, considering she might be a bit rusty, uh, were you a fan of her in the show? Do you think she she was an interesting character, gave a good performance? Yeah, I think it was an interesting one. Uh, It's not one particularly that I gravitated towards and just, oh, I'm loving this performance. But she's definitely a interesting character. She's got a tendency, and I'm not sure if this is the performance of the character, but she seems to just get too excited about things and just get ahead of herself too much. Saul, we need to do this now. And he's like, okay, where's the evidence to do this? I've got none since last week when I asked you to do the same thing. Uh, of course he can't say yes. Like, I don't understand why she even thinks he's going to say yes. She just, like, has so much confidence in herself for no reason. Sometimes I think other characters in the show don't realise that it's a TV show. Yeah. Like, of course there's going to be something behind her suspicion, or else it's going to be a very boring episode. Like... <laughs> Yes. What are you arguing with her for? Yeah. So there's a bit of a conflict between what we want as the viewer and uh, how she has to deal with some of the characters in the show. Yeah, how did you find her? I quite liked her as the lead. I thought she 
was extremely motivated and driven and sort of brought an energy to the show. She always gave the uh, the episodes a, a direction and mm. sort of wanted to follow what she did. But she wasn't too one-dimensional. There were there were times when you saw that even she started to question herself and uh, that was good because it sort of deepened our interaction with the show as, a, as an audience on our opinions of, of mm. whether she was right and what we wanted her to achieve or prove or, or not be able to prove. So, yeah, blew, blew off the cobwebs pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, we've talked about her, I, bel- I believe we've mentioned that she's a bit of a maverick, a bit of a <laughs> character, which is, tr- which is true with uh, her views and perspectives and things, but she's also a little bit unstable too. You've got a bit of a psychological struggle for her as well. She's on the edge, not just with her opinions, but also with her mental state. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Big Man Brody, uh, the guy everyone's talking about. Guy everyone wants to know who he is. It's Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. I didn't even know until we IMDb'd it. I thought he was called, like, John Harwood or something. <laughs> There's probably, like, some guy who got, like, two recurring appearances on the show, and for some reason I thought it was his credit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Damien Lewis. Um, this this guy, uh, we've seen him before in a TV show, Life. Life. Some people like Life. I remember people telling me about this show. You can see why they got the lead from Life. He was sent to jail for 12 years for something he didn't do, and now it's about him adjusting back to the real <laughs> yes. world, and there's a bit yeah. of mystery as to what really went on. Yeah. So that was cheap. Didn't really have to yeah. pay for any actor notes or... Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you watch The Life? Uh, I saw, like, half an episode. It didn't seem like a terrible show or anything. It just didn't grab my interest or... I watched the first four or five episodes of Life, and I really liked him and his friend, and I got into the show, and I really wanted to find out about this backstory about who framed him, how he how he got sent to jail. Hmm. But what they did with the show is just make it like a procedural cop drama hmm. with literally less than two minutes at the very end of each episode for him to just kind of look at some pictures in a back room and try and figure out how he was framed. And we as the audience learnt nothing. Yeah. It was the most frustrating thing. I don't know if it actually ever went anywhere with it. Hmm. Presumably not, because it's not on TV anymore. Yeah. I feel like television as a medium has decided that we can only have one redhead on TV, like, yeah. at any one time. Yeah. And he's sort of the, the token redhead. Who did he season. bump? Who did, who did he bump? I haven't seen Seth Green in a while. What's, what's he up to? <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully getting that hair dyed. Because uh, <laughs> Damien Lewis is in town, buddy. <laughs> That's why I started Robot Chicken. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Damien, Damien Lewis did Life. He also did uh, Band of Brothers. Yes. Uh, which I quite liked. He was probably uh, my favourite uh, character in the show, Band of Brothers. So yeah, I was quite excited to, to see him in the, in the show. Mm. I thought he was pretty good here. I, I, he kept me guessing as to uh, what he was like. Yeah, definitely. I think he was definitely one of the, the strong points of the show. I found some of his uh, scenes with his family a little bit, a little boring. In action thriller type shows, often when the character sort of goes back to deal with family issues, it is incredibly less interesting than the rest of the show. Like, they're not holding guns. They're not going to blow anything up. It is not interesting to me. But as far as that went, I thought it was okay. I thought particularly his daughter was quite a good character. Mm, I'd agree with that. Often whiny teenage girls are not the most entertaining characters in TV shows, but I thought she was yeah. quite a well-written character and well-played, so I enjoyed some of the interactions he had with her. Yeah. 
Uh, obviously, everyone wants to talk about uh, Mandy Pantican. Pantican. <laughs> Pantican. <laughs> Probably the guy with the most feminine name on TV. <laughs> Strange thing is he has a pretty manly beard. Yeah. It's a good beard he's got going on. Yes. Just took time away from TV, said, nah, leaving Criminal Minds, I'm going to spend a couple of years growing a beard and, and then I'll be back. Yeah. I think, like, most shows sort of need the sort of older veteran sort of character in there to lend support to the lead character, and that's sort of the role he plays here. Yeah, he's the mentor at the CIA for Carrie. Yes. I really liked him as a character. I I find normally those older mentor types are are fairly similar. I thought he was quite original. I liked how incredibly softly spoken he was. Mm. He was super calm and would just whisper almost Mm. at times. Yeah. So I think that made him a very sort of interesting and uh, authoritative character. I I sort of believed what he said just because of the way he spoke. And then there are a couple of times where he does show that aggression, where he just, there's these moments of a a turn, an emotional release. And I think they had a lot more impact Mm. uh, because of the juxtaposition to how we normally view his character. Yes. Uh, So I really like the character of Saul. Yeah, no, definitely throughout the course of the whole season learnt to really appreciate what he was bringing to the show. Like, you sort of build up a relationship with Saul. He's likeable, and he's sort of right a lot of the time, but he also isn't like um, the loose cannon that Carrie is. So he's a bit more grounded. Now, Jonathan, when we talk about what we want to talk about, you said you wanted to talk about the sex. Uh, (laughs) You've skipped a character again. Well, I feel like we can talk about this character in the sex category. (laughs) We were deciding who are the main characters. I thought yeah. there were clearly two main characters and then a couple of supporting ones. You thought there was three main characters. Well, I, I, I think that uh, I think that Carrie and Brody are the two main characters and then you got Saul as the solid uh, backup in the show. Brody's wife has so much more screen time than Saul. But it's so ridiculous. much less relevance to the story. <laughs> Just because you don't find it interesting doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about her on the podcast. Well, we can. We should bring it up and then say, I didn't find her interesting. We talk. <laughs> say she's not a main character. We are going to bring her up. I just thought she'd fit well in the sex category <laughs> rather than the characters category. That's all she was there for. What? <laughs> I, I just think it's something that she probably would have come up in the sex Anyway, we have the character of Brody's wife. Okay. <laughs> She's played by uh, Morena Baccarin. She was in Firefly, if you're a fan of that show, which you should be, because yeah. it's a great show. And she was also in V, yeah. a lost ripoff that I didn't watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just kind of okay in the show. <laughs> <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> I, I actually, actually, after the first couple of episodes, was really liking her. Like, I thought she, she had a good, like, some good scenes. And But then, after a while, I just found her a bit whiny and a bit in the way of storylines I was much more interested in. Yes. Yeah, her her storylines seemed to fade away in the second half of the season, and towards the end, she just seemed to be there in order to nag Brody or... Brody would just need to go, oh, I just need to check with my wife. Yes. As opposed to actually adding to the plot. Yeah, whereas in the first couple of episodes, there was actually some good drama with her and Brody and her having to adjust to Brody coming back was actually something I found quite interesting. Um, we also have a move, uh, she wears a wig for the first couple of episodes of this show. <laughs> you're, you're very shocked. She doesn't, not her character, but the actress has short hair. 
So she was wearing a wig for the first couple of episodes. You don't reckon she could have just got it cut? No, no, I think I read somewhere that she's actually wearing a wig. Okay. And, um... Good wig. I think so. Well, I, here's the thing, like, um... I think it was said she was sick of wearing the wig, so they just wrote into the storyline that she got a haircut. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I read this on a forum or a blog or something, so it could not be true. Uh, what, what's your opinion on the long hair versus short hair? Big issues. <laughs> Big issues. This is what people tuned into the Homeland yeah. podcast for, to get our opinions on whether we prefer short hair or long hair. I think it depends on the person. I think okay. her on the her? show, yeah. I think I actually preferred her with long hair. It wasn't even that long, really. It was longer. Yes. It depends on the person. I Some get. girls can do it. Natalie Portman does the short hair very well. I still prefer Natalie Portman with She long can even hair. do bald. V for Vendetta, no hair. Yeah, well, that... <laughs> still attractive. Clearly, Natalie Portman is an attractive person, whatever she's doing with her <laughs> hair. Um, I think we can all agree on this. But I still think Natalie Portman looks better with long hair. I like the long hair. I'm fan of This long is hair. why you brought this up. This was yeah. a flaw in the show. This is this is why we're having this topic of discussion. I preferred Marina Baccarin with uh, with long hair. I just thought she looked better. But that doesn't take anything away from her performance with short hair. It's an issue with me with uh, 24 season one. Jack's wife had very short hair. <laughs> it's like, oh man, that's very short hair. <laughs> Very quickly started rooting for the terrorists <laughs> while watching 24. Guys, to be very clear, we might have lis- female listeners with um, short hair. And I don't, I, I don't want to offend you or upset you. Uh, usually when I say I don't like the look of something fashionably, that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> probably means you're doing something right. Yeah, as a cable network show, they're free to... Splice things up a bit with their sex and violence. Not too much violence, I suppose, really, in Homeland. Hmm. Uh, And the language. Something about the language, I thought, in Homeland, there were swear words just dropped sort of casually in conversation just because they could and that's Hmm. how people talk. But some of it was used really effectively. There were a couple of times where people dropped really, really harsh phrases that actually stunned me while watching it. Hmm. And I don't think they would have been as effective if those sentences didn't have uh, strong language in it. Interesting. So let's mention a couple of the themes this show covers. Hmm. We have terrorism, politics. Yep. The whole shebang. Hmm. How did you think the show dealt with them? Was that something that you found interesting? I think when people first heard about this show... They thought it sounds like 24 with a female lead. So, like, the female Jack Bauer 24-type show. This show deals with it quite differently to 24. Now, uh, there's a few similarities, like not knowing if some people are good or bad, that sort of intrigue, obviously looking for clues, development, trying to stop a terrorist attack. There are some similarities, but it is quite different. Uh, Jack was always very uh, forceful in what he did. There's always a lot of the action things like that, whereas Carrie's instability was a little bit more, I guess, psychological than uh, action-based, uh, and, and there's a lot more of uh, the the quiet waiting to find something or waiting for something to happen rather than, nothing's happening, I'm going to go out and make something happen. 
Like, I'm just gonna go start, like, raiding this embassy and, like, find it, just kidnap some guy and, like, torture him until he tells me what I want him to say. In some ways, it's a bit less exciting. Like, I think when 24 really hit its straps, then that was fantastic. But there was something much more intriguing and rewarding with the long wait. Um, it seemed less like a sort of TV show and more like you were actually, what that's what it's like to be working for the CIA, to be trying to uh, bring down a terrorist. I think there's two ways to view this show. Mm. One is that it's a tense psychological surveillance thriller. Yes. The other is it's people sitting in a room looking at computer screens. Yeah. And nothing happens. Yes. What determines... The difference between the two, which is your opinion, is whether you care about the characters and whether you find the plot twists and turns intriguing and rewarding. Yes. There was just one other little thing I wanted okay. to bring up about yeah. the show. Just a little unique tidbit, something that Homeland perhaps offers that other shows might not. Mm. Throughout the season, there's, there's a certain use or uh, reference to jazz music. The theme song is jazz. Mm. Carrie uh, references uh, jazz musicians. Uh, mm. She picks up a clue while noticing a uh, a jazz performance. Yes. I was just wondering whether people thought that this was just because maybe the creators of the show liked jazz and they just wanted to put that in there, or perhaps there was a bit of a, a deeper meaning there that was perhaps uh, referencing maybe her freeform way of thinking or sort of the disjointed nature of trying to track down these terrorism clues. Uh, represented in the the metaphor of jazz music throughout the show. That sounds a bit wanky, but <laughs> so is jazz. So okay. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know about a recommendation in the past for us to have jazz music playing in the background of our podcast uh, because Brown, one of our listeners likes that. Um, this would have been the ideal podcast to do that in. So, did you like this jazz music? Well, it might be a bit wanky, but I actually like jazz. I, I like Miles Davis and the references they threw in, uh, Thelonious Monk and so on. And so I actually liked that, even if it wasn't uh, a direct theme or message in the show. I just kind of enjoyed the, the feel and sort of a, a unique uh, sense it gave gave to the show with its, with its jazz. I thought it was really cool. Um, perhaps the one point where I didn't really like it was the theme song. It wasn't really a great theme song. I wasn't, like, tapping my toes to it or anything. Um, I thought it worked for better for, like, closing credits when they sort of leave you with something and just you have this sort of cool jazz to sort of play you out Um, and when it's sort of happening while things are going on in the show. But, like, theme music was maybe... It was a little bit drawn out and all over the place. All theme music should be done by Danny Lux, who did the Boston Legal theme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Imagine the Boston Legal theme was at the beginning of our Homeland. I wouldn't mind if the Boston Legal theme was the theme for every show. Yes. I agree. I agree. You know, I thought that, but I, th- I generally thought the music was was good and, and gave the show a different feel to other shows. And I think, I think when you are doing a show, you want it to have a different feel, a different tone to every other show on TV. Also what you want is a good verdict from us. Um, <laughs> so I think it's time for us to give it a verdict, correct? Yeah. Okay. Do it. I bought into the premise of the show. I really liked the, the two main characters. I was really intrigued myself. I was trying to always trying to figure out whether I thought he was a terrorist or what elements were at play. I was very much involved in the mystery. 
I thought in terms of covering the whole season, there was almost enough for 12 interesting episodes. I think there were a couple of dry spots and a couple of things with the the family issues weren't as interesting. Yeah. But generally, it was quite quite well paced uh, for a cable drama show mm. and enough interesting twists and turns for me to be enjoying enjoying the season. I, I, I remember a friend uh, speaking to a friend on the phone, and I was like, I'm watching Homeland. Stuff is going down for real. Just, yeah. So overall, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think a couple of the supporting performances weren't as good. There were some things that didn't quite fit in as well. But the, the two leads really did did a good job of carrying the show. Overall, I'm going to give Homeland an 8 out of 10. Solid score, for sure. I, I want to start off by saying I think this is a very good show. This is very well made, um, very well produced. Uh, it's got a great feel and tone to it, and it stands out from other shows on TV. This is definitely what we want to be seeing on TV shows like this. I, I, I really, it wrapped me in. Uh, I was really wanting to see how this Brody thing developed. And at times I did find the show frustrating. But in one sense, I feel like they wanted me to find it frustrating. In that sense, I, I sort of like feel like that's sort of, they accomplished their goal there by actually making me like sitting there frustrated along with Carrie. Sort of going, oh, there's no progress here. That being said, I am perhaps not wrapped in this show as the critics are. It did drag on a little bit, and there were some quite unsatisfying twists. And, and it's just not a show that I felt passionate about uh, and really was like, I can't wait to watch the next episode. It's like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to see another one of these, see where it goes. And, yeah, maybe I was hoping for something that never came from the show. I don't know. Anyway, I still think it's very good. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Pretty strong. Again, one of our, again, one of our more favorably reviewed shows. Yes. And now, I think everyone knows what it's time for. Time for us to give some in-depth analysis to the Homeland Season 1. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! There's going to be spoilers. Yes, there are. Can we get on recording our thing of that, like, so we don't need to do it every time? <laughs> yes. Also, the obligatory, if you are tuning out now, which you probably already have because we've already done the spoiler thing, uh, but if you still are yet to tune out, please make sure you come back to this podcast when you have seen all of Homeland Season 1, and especially to our Australian listeners because it's still airing on, on Network 10 at the moment. Do people actually still watch TV on TV anymore? Yeah, I don't know if they do anymore. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a novel idea, a bit of fun to watch a show on TV. It'll be, all the hipsters will start doing it. Yeah. Look how kitchen retro this is. I'm watching TV yeah. on my television. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, the spoilers. And uh, I guess now we can really get stuck into the character of Brody. Because uh, we can now talk about what the deal was with this guy. Yeah, I was really looking forward to being in the spoiler section, saying we can say whether he's a terrorist or not. Yeah. And then I realised you can't, really. (laughs) Yes. It's a little open-ended. Well, here's the thing I was thinking when this series started. 
I thought, I don't know where this show is going to go. It's clearly getting the reviews and stuff that it's going to get a second season. It's not just a one-season show. And the character of Brody, I was interested to see whether he would be a character where they... It's sort of like a self-contained season, almost. That this is the Brody season. And we're going to see Carrie and Brody play a game of cat and mouse. And then however it ends, it ends. And to me, it seemed fairly... I was fairly confident that Brody was going to end up being a terrorist because I thought, well, if it ends up that he's not a terrorist and she was just crazy, that's going to be a very unsatisfying ending. So terrorist, then, you know, he's arrested or killed or whatever at the end of the season. Then they and get then in another next, redhead. Yeah, next season there's someone else. Carrie chases Seth Green. Yeah. Being a potential yeah. pedo or something. <laughs> yes. Like, will, ne- will the next season have a different story? A bit like our 24 each season... There was a different terrorist threat. There was a slightly different angle to it. Uh, And part of me thought if they don't do that, uh, I could get over the whole Brody thing. I'm not sure, like, am I really going to be that interested in Brody over a, you know, eight-month sort of break from the show? Am I going to care about Brody again in eight months? As you've alluded to, they didn't quite answer everything. Well, I was pretty sure that Brody would be around for season two in some capacity because he's a pretty strong lead. I don't think Carrie is really more of a lead than him. No, that's a good point. And I think he's one of the best things about the show. I actually liked seeing him. So I was just intrigued to see what they would provide, what reason there would be for him to be in season two. Yeah. So maybe he is a terrorist and gets away with it. Maybe he's not, but he helps them try to find the terrorist. And then they also brought up the, the political thing mm. of him getting a, a government office. Yeah, running for Congress, yes. I think how they how they ended it with him... Is he a terrorist, yes or no? I guess you have to say yes. I think so. I think... Because least... he definitely was in... Li- he did know Abu Nazir. He was part of this plot. He straps himself at the end. He's going to blow... So the whole time, he was in on a terrorist plan. yes. The he, thing is... He was a terrorist all season. He flicked the switch. He tried to blow up the yeah. vice president and everyone in the room. Yes. But then there's this turn where he gets the phone call from his daughter, and after he fixes the bomb when it didn't go off, he doesn't flick the switch again. Yes. So that's where the confusion comes in. And then Abu Nazir gets on the phone with him, goes, hey, what happened, buddy? You're going to blow up the vice president. And he goes, oh, well, no, I, I just thought it would be better to... Uh, uh, to maybe just become friends with him and then I can, like, tell him what policy to have. And He accepted that very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so you've masterminded this plan over years. And then he's like, and then Brody's just like, no, at the, at the very last second I decided to change the plan yes. to a better plan. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> it was very, uh, yeah. And the plan, I'm not sure, like, he's going to be a congressman. He's not going to be, like, the vice president or the president's, like, best friend. Like, it's like it's like Brody's going to be, like, hanging out with the president going, hey, uh, you know, like, this would be a good idea. Let's um, pull out of, like, Abu Nazir's country. That'll work. President goes, oh, I like you, Brody. You're a good guy. I'll, I'll do that. So, uh, yeah, 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 we'll pull out of Abu Nazir's country. Give him all the oil or whatever. <laughs> we got to get out. And Brody, like, hey, Nazir, we've done it. <laughs> I've convinced the president to do what you wanted him to do. 
I don't think it's as good a plan as blowing up the vice president. <laughs> I think that was a better plan. Especially since terrorists seem to like... They just want to cause drama. Like, terrorists don't seem to like being a... Oh, we'll get, a, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get someone and uh, we'll, we'll have them run for office and then they can influence the system and it's more, let's blow stuff up, seems to be the terrorists, the way they like to do business. I think it's how people like their TV as well. Yes, I was very just. Did you want <laughs> him to blow? Yeah, the of course up? I did. Because <laughs> then that would have also vindicated Carrie. And she would have said, "I told you so." I tried to stop this. I, I turned to you after, like, he's just sitting at home after this whole thing. And I'm like, wait, he's back home already. He didn't blow up the vice president. What a joke! <laughs> or at least try to and have like Carrie tackle him to the ground or so, like. That's not what Homeland is, though. (laughs) Like, I shouldn't be judging Homeland against a show that it's not. I feel like you just prefer to be watching 24. I prefer to be watching good 24, probably. Um, Like, 24 Season 5, I preferred to Homeland Season 1. But maybe just over half of the 24 seasons, I much preferred Homeland Season 1 to. I quite like 24. It was pretty erratic. Yeah. The end of season six was so bad, I just stopped watching. Yeah, you should see the beginning of season eight. But the end of season eight is pretty awesome. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so what, what do you expect from Brody next season? Are they still going to want us to think, maybe he's a terrorist, maybe he's not a terrorist? Are we going to go through this whole ordeal again? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm we are. I think we're in store for another season of this. <laughs> Although he said to the terrorists that uh, that he's on board and trying to influence the president. He did that, get that call from his daughter, and it did seem to be that's what tipped him, not some terrorist strategy. So, yeah, strap yourselves in, guys. Another full season of questioning whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. If he likes Homeland Season 1, probably likes Season 2. I'm more of the opinion that it worked for Season 1. I'm not sure if it can work for a second season with the same character. Yeah, I think they set up a few things for season two, a few questions that are interesting, but not that much. It does seem yeah. like it will be a bit more of the same. Yeah. So I think they'll have a bit of work to do in the first few episodes of season two to uh, keep mm. us interested. Yes. Carrie was quite interesting. Something I want to mention with her was the beginning of the season, especially the first half of the season. Each episode seems to end with her finding a clue. The first one was... Uh, that Brody was moving his fingers, then that was sending a coded message to the terrorists. And quite often at the beginning of the next episode, by about halfway through the next, that clue's been disregarded and has proved to be of no value at all to the investigation. And I found that somewhat frustrating. It's like, oh, did you check out that finger stuff? And they're like, oh yeah, there's absolutely no pattern that it could possibly be. So then she goes to the, the end of that episode and finds out some other clue, Brings it to Saul. He's like, oh, yes, yeah, oh, very good, very good, Carrie. This is this is good, it's just what we need. So then he takes it to the experts, and they're like, ah, no, it wasn't really anything. Like, I just felt like that was a little bit frustrating. I don't think it was quite as formulaic as that. And often those things did actually turn out to be something. What did those fingers turn out to be? Well, it wasn't really that important. What was it was supposed to be it was him playing with his religious doobrie because he became Islamic. Yeah, okay. If you're going to prove that, they'd be like, hey, this guy's a Muslim. No one knows he's a Muslim, and 
He's got an Islamic necklace. Arrest him. <laughs> Doesn't prove he's a terrorist. Yeah. But he's, he's <laughs> yeah, at least he's got something. He's hiding something. Yes, okay. Yeah. But they never even found that out. So it didn't lead to anything, that fingers thing. What did you think of Carrie? Crazy Carrie. You had the whole season them setting up that basically at the end she's going to go crazy. She has to take these antipsychotic pills and you know she's at some point she's not going to be able to take them and she's going to go crazy. Hmm. I thought the way that that somehow released her to be able to decipher all these clues and information and create the timeline, the crazy colour scheme coded timeline yeah. on the mm-hmm. wall yes. was actually really cool. Yes. I thought that was a great episode. But then the fact that she was sort of out of action for the remaining sort of two episodes where she was just kind of recovering from being crazy yeah, was a little bit disappointing. If she's kind of the main character, you don't really want her to be sidelined for the climax of the season. Yes. This is something I found very um, disappointing. That it seemed like at the end of the day... She was so crazy and so panicked, especially when it mattered the most at the end, that she wasn't able to influence the course of events that much. Like, in the last episode of the season, what does she actually do, other than complain? I think, in some ways, I liked that she didn't become the hero that saved the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. I I liked that sort of the, the choice to blow... The vice president up or not came from Brody's internal struggle okay, as opposed yeah. to Carrie interfering with the situation. Yes. But you still wanted Carrie to be doing something, being yes. involved, being crazy driven Carrie rather than just being crazy Carrie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> crazy useless Carrie. Yeah, yes. In terms of how it ended with her getting terminated from the CIA, mm. I thought that was quite interesting. I guess yes. I wouldn't have picked that. And we have her going into electroshock therapy, mm. where very final shot of the uh, of the show is she remembers back to her sleeping next to Brody, her love affair with Brody, and he yells out the name of Abu Nazir's son, who he became attached to, and when he died, basically created this whole terrorist plot. Yeah, and so now she finally has the connection. Between uh, yeah. Brody and yes. the terrorist plot. She finally gets there in the very final shot of the yes. show. But then she's about to go into electroshock therapy where she's considered crazy and it might create short-term memory, memory loss. Yes. Uh, so that's not good. And when she says it out loud, the nurse just goes, oh, that was nothing. Yeah. People just say stuff when they're about to go. Yeah. I thought it worked as the ending for the, the show. Yeah. But it was frustrating. Yes. I agree. This show is not afraid to be frustrating. And I think in a lot of ways that actually makes it a stronger show. But there are a couple of times when I think it hurts the show a little bit. They maybe go a little too far. I think this probably works. It's hard to know about knowing how they resolve it next season as to how frustrating that ending will be. The interesting thing about the show is that it is very popular. And I assume just for money-making reasons that there will be a season two. And there were some things that were open-ended. But they also could just leave the show there. It's not like they've left that many open parts of the story. Like, that could be a conclusion to a whole series, really. Yeah, well, I guess just Saul stays where he is. 
uh, Brody sort of now working with the president. He sort of decided not to do the terrorist attack. Uh, and Carrie, she's fired and sort of, like, will lose the memory of the connection, so it won't really have any practical consequence. Yeah. That good. It'll be a frustrating ending, but I wouldn't put it past this show to give you a frustrating ending. Like, it sort of fits with the show, so... But I'm pretty sure that there's a season two, though, yeah. because I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We also had the Carrie Brody love affair, which was interesting. To actually see the person she was surveilling her end up having an affair with him, and... I think fair to say she'd get real feelings for him. She fell in love with him, I think. When she first started making personal contact with him, I thought, she's going too far. If they hook up, that's a bit unrealistic. Yeah. But the way they found a common connection for the Mm. two to bond over... Yeah. ...and the shared experiences and relationship that they had together, I actually bought. Mm. Yeah, I was sceptical when it started, but I did think they dealt with it in a good way, and I think it's a good, like... uh, she spends the first, what, four episodes, five episodes of the show with cameras in his house spying on him and watching him live. And even though she thinks he's a terrorist, just being so intimately in his life in that way, or at least feeling like you're that fly on the wall in his life, has to create some connection with that character. I thought it gave good insight into her character, her Mm. sort of need or longing to find a connection or a a place with another person because she has some strange relationships with men. She she had a thing with Estes and that ended in a strange and non-optimal fashion. Yeah. Then in a moment of crisis where it seems like she could be fired, she could be losing the trail on uh, Brody because she's lied to Saul... It seems that she made an advance on Saul, which was so strange. Like, Yeah, because he seems more like a father figure to her. So it seems when she gets to these moments of emotional crisis, she's very liable yeah. to be drawn to perhaps not the best man yeah. or an appropriate man for the, uh, the situation. Yes. So that's how things ended up for the characters. Hmm. In the end of the show, we also got an explanation of why the... Mm. terrorist plot was even there in the first place. And that was basically because the vice president is an evil guy. Yes. I thought this wasn't the best part of the show. The vice president was very one-dimensional. Even before you know his bad secrets, you're like, this is an awful guy. Like, no one is just this outwardly... Well, I think it's because he's using... Like, the very introduction to him is he's using a war hero for his own political game, uh, which... Most politicians would do, uh, but it's still something that we don't like about politicians, and the fact that that's our introduction to him makes us not like him. Just to get at the terrorists, not for no real military or strategic gain, bombs a school yeah. where children of perhaps suspected terrorists would be. And so what this does is this obviously upsets Abu Nazir, the world's most dangerous terrorist, yeah. and uh, helps turn Brody because he yes. uh, developed a, a relationship with the son as well Yes, while in captivity. So this is sort of the explanation behind the terrorist plot and Saul find this, finds this out. Hmm. Did you think that was an interesting reveal in the show? Did they need an explanation for the terrorist plot? I, I think it, it, it perhaps um, sets the stage for something different next season, which 
I, I find a bit appreciative. Like, there might actually be a bit more of the vice president sort of maybe struggling with him and what to do with him as he's running for president, or whether he is president. We don't know how long it's going to be in between seasons. So I, I like that it sets the stage there. I didn't particularly love the revelation on its own, but I'm glad it might provide something different for next year. And, you know, you might have a bit of intent, more tension with Saul and the people, you know, has that information. I think it added more to the show thematically than it did in terms of the plot. I think it wasn't really a big reveal. It wasn't that interesting a twist. No. But I think the fact that it brings up, hey, there's reasons for why terrorists do what mm. they do. It's yeah. Not, it's not excusing it or justifying it. Because Nazir was a bad guy before. But I think it's always interesting when characters' motivations are explored and yes. explained. yes. And it does also offer a bit of a perspective on America's role in terrorism mm. and how well they're dealing with it and whether it, and and how in some ways they've brought some of it about. Yes. Not not, all, this, yeah, this is a minefield, uh, yeah, sure. um, <laughs> I have no opinions on this whatsoever. This podcast does not hold the opinion that America brought 9-11 on itself. <laughs> um this Very clear about that. Fictional yeah. attack in a TV show. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe have been partly spurred on, um, but but I generally think it is good to question um, the, the motivations of terrorists. And there clearly are, even in the real world, mo- motivations of terrorists. Uh, but, but there's obviously no excuse for their actions. We love. We love. We love uh, trying to avoid minefields on the show. <laughs> <laughs> We've never gotten hate mail, so that's good news. There's a 16-year-old girl. She wants you to join her terrorist unit against warring against America. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> Do you bang her, then turn her in? Okay. Oh my gosh. There is no issue that Screen Verdict is not afraid to address than add 20 disclaimers to. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Homeland? <laughs> it was really strange the scene between Brody and his wife where she wants to have sex and he just like jerks off and then goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like that might be a marital faux pas. Yeah. I, uh, I've never been married, uh, but I would agree. Um, my advice to husbands out there, do not do that. <laughs> he should have at least fingered her. Right? <laughs> I just think when you're in a married relationship, you've got to meet the needs of your wife, especially if you're meeting the needs of yourself. Yeah. I, 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 as much as this show made me intrigued by Damien, Damien Lewis, uh, didn't make me want to go to bed with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a selfish lover. Selfish lover, yes. I think we'll just wrap up with uh, a little bit of housekeeping, maybe get us out of some of the hot water we may have just got ourselves into. <laughs> We're still yet to hear back from the Dad's Army podcast. They've not responded to that email as of yet. Uh, and they haven't posted a podcast since either, so they're running scared. Um, Do you feel bad if we killed the Dad's Army <laughs> podcast? I would actually feel a little bad because I've listened to a bit of it and they seem like really nice guys. Um, but um, we hate them. 
Also some exciting news. We're checking out the Podomatic statistics. And over the past week, we've had 54 downloads from Ghana. Ghana. Our most popular... We are loved in Ghana more than we're loved in any other country the past week. Very exciting. Anyone from Ghana ever wants to uh, call in to the show? If there's a Ghana movie or something, I'd love to do a Ghana podcast. But... Well, Ghana has quite a thriving B-movie industry. Mm. Uh, I've seen quite a few trailers on YouTube for some interesting versions of The Godfather and some other sort of mm. horror-style films. So maybe if any of them are... End up making it out here. We'll, we'll do a, a Ghana B movie. If you are listening to us from Ghana, we'd love to hear from you. Please uh, send us a, a Facebook uh, uh, post on our wall or something. Like us on Facebook, um, Screen Verdict on Facebook, or um, send us a. You can comment on uh, Podomatic posts and things. We'd we'd love to get we'd love to get in touch with you because um, it'd be cool to hear what people in Ghana think about Screen Verdict. I got a bad review today. <laughs> We've been dishing out our reviews, and I found out what that was like today. I've done a little video spoof for Gold Derby on The Descendants. Jeff Wells, the blogger at Hollywood Elsewhere, a uh, scathing review, said, This would have been funny, or at least funnier, if it had been posted three weeks ago. Plus, the guy near the pool, i.e. Gold Derby's Matt Noble, should have been more dry and reserved while delivering the bad news. I think you had a problem with your timing. Yep. That's <laughs> what he called the article. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to get it down pat like me. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, uh, look, Jeff Wells has uh, embedded uh, the spoof in his uh, article, so it means more people will be yeah. watching this. Will be watching this video. All publicity is good publicity. Still waiting to hear about what George Clooney thinks of it. He's really the opinion I, I care about. But no, Jeff Jeff Wells. Uh, like, if you want to uh, go to Jeff Wells Hollywood Elsewhere blog, find that timing article uh, on on my uh, review of my spoof, and just just send him a comment saying that you disagree. That'd be great. Unless you agree, in which case, uh, just rip Matt a new one. <laughs> oh well, that's a screen verdict podcast forward to seeing you guys next week for a TBD podcast. Yes. I love the TBD. So we'll see you guys then. Yeah. Bye.